All right, welcome back to the prospecting show. Today is November 11th, Remembrance Day, and we have Justin Connor on the call. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Connor. Yeah, absolutely. So, so typically the people that uh, come on the show are entrepreneurs, small business owners, people that have a vision and have gone from some past life and built a company of their own. And uh, one of the interesting things about this particular episode here is we're pushing episode 97, 98, 99, and the prospecting show is going to be closed out at episode 101. So before we kind of kick off the show, maybe give a little bit of background as to you, where you come from and what your company is and what you do today. Beautiful. Yeah. Happy to uh, shed some light on that. Um, so thanks again for having me. This is uh, very exciting. I'm, I'm glad for the opportunity. So um, that being said, so a little bit about myself, I've basically been a career salesperson. Uh, that being said, I've gone through a bunch of different um, W2 opportunities where I was working, kind of slaving away, working hard for uh, employers and really kind of always being a top performer, putting myself in a position to be at the top of line. But the challenge that I always saw was that I was always capped on my income one. And then I think any entrepreneur has a creative uh, part of the way that they go about uh, just business. And that's kind of what separates them from other people is that creativity and and willingness and uh, the drive to kind of improve processes and make things better. So once I started to step into a little bit more of a self-employed role, it allowed me to have a little bit more flexibility and uh, really kind of, I guess, kick off my creativity and, and, and really just see the direction that that was able to go. So uh, after, after I'd say three years, I was working with the company. I was actually selling promotional goods for them. It was very solid experience, loved everything about it. And then I started to put my feelers into network marketing. I'm sure a lot of people know what that is. Uh, very specifically, I was working with uh, the Amway Corporation. It was a good experience. Again, ups and downs with that type of business model. But my biggest point of feedback from it is that it really put me on the personal development journey and kind of helped me understand my dream and really get out of my own way. Because, you know, kind of the same spoon we're all fed is to assume that uh, working a nine to five job or working for somebody else is the process to become successful. That is the step-by-step process, go to school, get get good grades, and hopefully you find a career with somebody who sees your value and compensates you effectively. And, you know, that was always a a big challenge or big bottleneck for me is that I always kind of found myself landing at the same place, super motivated and not enough money. (laughs) So that being said, uh, the next step for me was as I was building that uh, marketing business, uh, excuse me, yeah, the network marketing business, I got my hands into the insurance space. So I started selling health insurance and life insurance and I was fully self-employed now and had income coming in from a few different vehicles, which felt good. But the biggest challenge for me in the insurance space, I'm not kidding, Connor. I I used to make seven, 800 phone calls a day on a power dialer uh, from sometimes as early as 6 a.m. all the way up till 8 p.m. in the evening. Um, (laughs) So that being said, you know, that was definitely not feasible for a long-term way to create sustainable income. And that's where I found myself today, right? So uh, that's clearly still a pain in the industry, especially for newer insurance agents. They're put in a position where they're calling old leads, age leads, um, 
And a lot of these opportunities aren't true, true opportunities. It's all, in, in certain ways, they're kind of spinning their tires and wasting time and money. So we, the name of my organization is Legacy Marketing. Uh, we decided to come in and fill some of those gaps in for the insurance agent, get them more exclusive opportunities, and also save save time for them in the process. So uh, that's kind of where I am today. Yeah, and so so let's talk a little bit about you, you know your company. You guys are delivering an amazing service, and, and it's it's very unique what you guys are doing. But let's talk about how you went from working for somebody else to kind of self-employed in on your own. And then now you really have this team that you've built out. So you're moving in, you know, in the in the uh, in the business quadrant from Robert Kiyosaki. You've moved from the S, right, the bottom left hand corner, to the I think the top right, right, which is the business uh, quadrant. You're actually a business owner now with people running the company with you. So what is that transition like, going from just the grind to actually owning something? Super powerful question. Sincerely love this because. Um... I'm very much so in the trenches of that evolution right now. And as I've gone through that evolution, it is definitely a a much different um, step in the entrepreneurial journey, right? So when you're fully self-employed, specifically selling uh, insurance, uh, your income lives and dies based on your effort, right? Now, taking the leap of faith to empower other individuals on my team and really structurally building a business from the ground up with both infrastructure, but also the right people who are able to kind of do the job in a lot of ways better than myself. It really helped me kind of understand the power of leverage. First off, right, if you if you can't do something um, fast enough, you should probably find somebody else who can do it either faster or more efficiently or just fully delegate the process so that ultimately that person is uh, really taking that individual task on. And now you can think about the business from a bigger perspective. So to clearly answer your question, the biggest transition that I've gone through is allowing myself to step further into my creative space, understanding that I needed to control my time more effectively. And I also needed to understand the power of delegating minutia and uh, day-to-day tasks and manual tasks that aren't high ROI activities. So that's been my biggest transition is kind of learning to relinquish control in the best ways so that I can be more productive and effective from a creative standpoint to to ultimately put ourselves in a position of what I believe have the best offer in the marketplace. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting you talk about the the leverage component, right? Because a lot of people will look at something and say, oh, well, if I have to pay someone $10, $15, $20 to to do these three or four tasks, well, then that's less money that I can take home. When in reality, what you're doing is you're freeing yourself up for a couple hours to be able to actually do that impact-based work in your business, right? Something that's actually going to generate revenue, help other people. So in your mind, this is something I'm still working on too, and, and I think about every single day is like, it's not about what you're doing yourself right now. It's about, could I get somebody else to do it either better, faster, or cheaper than me so that I can focus on the impact in the business? So from your perspective, talk about a couple things that you've moved to your team and pushed out to other people within your organization so that you can focus on the business and not be in the business. Really good question. And one thing I just want to add one additional super quick thought on was, uh, you know, as you go through that journey of kind of learning to relinquish control, uh, someone much smarter than me, a very close friend of mine, actually 
uh, really did a great job of conceptualizing that specific thought for me. And he said, Justin, you need to start as a business owner, especially when tasks are becoming repetitive, right? If, it, if you find yourself doing the same thing every day, then that means you can probably get somebody else to do it. So the, the, the thing that he told me to do is he said, I want you to start asking yourself, how do I do this task for the last time? Like how do how is today the last time that I do this task? And the way that I've effectively been able to do that is through some basic strategies, something as simple as setting up some backend SOPs, which a lot of times could be a couple of Loom videos. Uh, we utilize a software called Asana, which really just like a checklist almost. So for the individuals that are doing the workload, they can kind of check everything as they go through the workflow, just to make sure they uh, do not miss anything. Now, within my business, how I've specifically done this, um, as I shared with you, my biggest skill set always was sales, right? The ability to influence and, and help people make a quality decision. To relinquish that was hands down, Connor, I'll tell you, the hardest part for me was learning how to get rid of that. Um, so I recently actually partnered with a very close friend of mine. His name's Eric. Uh, him and I actually been friends since believe it's elementary school now yeah crazy he's like first grade kindergarten um so him and i reconnected and i told him hey one of my challenges is that i'm time poor right now as much as i would love to uh continue to write business and, and sign more uh life insurance agents up i need more time so i was time poor. so that being said it was easy to put responsibility in somebody that i had already trusted for a long-standing relationship and understanding that the process of relinquishing that was actually giving me more time back so that I can work on our product, work on the backend marketing and make the conversion process, right? Like the likelihood of us closing more business much higher because our marketing and our messaging was becoming more effective over time. And then other things, just anything that I like, the best advice that I have for anyone listening to this is if you find yourself doing something daily on a consistent basis that you know somebody else can handle and it's not a high return action, you should be building a system so that ultimately you can hire somebody to take that on. And for me, a couple more specific examples are things like um, actually managing campaigns. We do run some social media campaigns for our clients. So setting it up once was great. And then all I did was record a couple of videos. I walked my virtual assistant through step by step how to set up the campaigns and then also optimize it over time. So we're getting the best results, highest cost per acquisition or lowest cost per acquisition rather. And um, so those are just some examples of ways that I've been able to, you know, I hate to use the word, but kind of delegate responsibilities. Yeah, and that's really the only way that you can actually scale a business, right? There's a lot of people who get stuck at the, the solopreneur and they, they hit this income ceiling where all you're doing is replacing one income with another. And, and that's great, right? If you want to get, like you said, you want to get some time back, but you get to a point where it's like, you can't cross a specific threshold, a monthly recurring revenue or an annual recurring revenue threshold with only two people. You, you can't have a $50 million company with two people. It's not possible, right? But you can if you get more people. And so it's kind of an interesting concept you're talking about, like, what are the tasks that I can do that we can actually start delegating to other people? And, and it's kind of interesting because the people on the, who listen to the show, 
uh, kind of know a little bit about what we do in syntax and we follow principles that we call EPAD, right? Eliminate, prioritize, automate, delegate. We always automate before we delegate, but as soon as we delegate, we make sure that that task has a proper SOP to actually follow, which is exactly what you talked about, right? You can't delegate a task that's not repeatable and you have to have some documentation to actually have people do it. So in your mind, as you guys are kind of transitioning this business, you're, you're becoming uh, more of a business owner and less of the, the salesperson and the enrollment specialist in the company. What are you doing next? Like what's on the horizon for legacy? How are you going to continue to help people? What, what's, what's on the future board here? Really great question. So the answer to that is it's a, it's a few specific steps. So for us, one of our challenges is we've been going through the evolutionary curve of understanding the marketplace better and actually not just solving one problem, but solving the layers of problems that our clients do have. So for myself, I've actually spent the last three weeks uh, really almost in so many words meditating on how am I going to provide the best solution that's a win-win for all of our clients and how we can increase our client success rate tenfold because we're providing a service that they need. So I have spent the last few weeks really thinking through like strategically, how do we take our business to the next level? Thankfully, we've been able to find that offer and we've really spent the time to double down on it. And next steps for the business is we're actually considering bringing on uh, some additional sales reps. We actually uh, have a recruiter sourcing out an additional sales person at this moment. So outside of myself, we'll have three high performers that are actually going to be effectively making some phone calls and running some appointments so we can help more people. Now, to add one more layer to this, the reason why this is possible now where we can add these additional salespeople is because our fulfillment now won't be bottlenecked by the amount of business that we bring in. What happened to me three months ago is we did, we went from like $10,000 in revenue to like $35,000 in revenue in a week and the business exploded. Like it literally broke and it was okay. I think that that's part of scaling, right? Like uh, Sam Ovens talks about you scale, then you have, uh, you create a mess and then there's debt that you have to pay off. So naturally that would happen. But right now the way that we've infrastructurally set up our fulfillment, it's so dialed in that it's a couple clicks and then uh, my team is able to take on the process because we have nine people within our business that support our client's success. Well, and that and that's a really good point too, right? Is that you you've actually kind of had this balance, and and I had this conversation last night actually with my business partner Keith. Is that when you scale quickly, people always look at like, hey, we have more customers, so we need more people in fulfillment. But then they've got to switch back to I need more people in sales, and then I need more people in fulfillment. It's this constant battle of back and forth where hire someone on this side of the company now, hire someone on this side of the company, and so that balance is really really tricky. And it's kind of neat what you're doing. You're outsourcing the recruitment of the salesperson because you know that that's going to cost you money in your, in your time. It's going to cost you time to go do that yourself. Instead, you can just pay somebody else who's good at that and can deliver that opportunity so that your opportunity cost is as low as possible, right? And that's so critical to be able to have those kinds of skills. So for you guys, um, you know, if, if somebody was a, let, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, who you serve at a whole in, in what kind of offers you guys have, right? So tell us a little bit about your, your model and your delivery, and then talk about who you serve. Absolutely. So 
Um, we started a very traditional marketing company, uh, very specifically anyone who's in an insurance um, industry space currently selling it or marketing it understands the language I'm about to use. So most individuals who sold insurance throughout their career are used to doing a pay per lead model, right? Send us $1,000, send us 500 bucks, give us X amount of leads, 20, 30, 40, 50 leads, depending on what type of lead it was. And although effective, it's not a sustainable strategy because as we both know, marketing ebbs and flows. It's never a linear journey directly to endless amounts of sales and uh, consistency. So although it was good, it, it worked for a time, but we wanted to start to figure out ways that we we're gonna differentiate ourselves from the marketplace. So the first step was to internally bring on an inside sales team that would actually go ahead and call the leads for our clients, uh, pre-qualify them, and then ultimately book them onto a calendar. It was fantastic. We started to get more and more results, seeing better show up rates, also getting clients to write more business. Then we saw an additional bottleneck. Not everyone, not everyone wants to engage on a phone call at their first attempt after they inquired on social media, call it Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, whatever it may be. Not everyone wants to engage on a phone call prior to actually having a dialogue. So we had to come from another angle, which is where we implemented an AI solution, artificial intelligence, that actually is machine learning and it will facilitate a conversation with the lead as they come through the pipeline, right? So it, it's basically the lead comes in and it says, hey, you inquired for this particular type of insurance product. I wanted to see if you had any questions. The lead says, yeah, how much does something like that cost? Perfect, I'm glad you asked. Can I ask you a few quick questions to see if you potentially qualify and then we can get you to the quote, right? So it's reframing the conversation through straight line persuasion and then leading that person to ultimately booking a call, right? So now we've fixed two problems, technically three. So we fixed the first problem, which was how do we nurture the pipeline? The second problem, how do we get more people to book with an ISA? Third problem is how do we hit them from all angles so we don't miss any opportunities? Then the last bottleneck that we saw is that most individuals, they blame every marketing company, they blame lead generation companies that the leads are never good. And what I've come to find is that it's really just a lack of education, right? So the clients that we serve we've come to find that their challenge wasn't having bad leads. They just didn't understand where that lead was in the buying process. So when a lead first comes through Facebook, as an example, it's interruption marketing. We caught them in the middle of their day looking at their friend's dog that they just bought a week ago. And then all of a sudden we're like, hey, are you interested in life insurance? It's a pretty big, disparity from what they were intending to be doing on Facebook that day. So that person may not be ready to go ahead and give you their account routing number to purchase a policy right then and there. So we had to get more strategic about how we're educating our client base. And here's the way that we've fixed all problems I'd like to believe. We have now put our entire marketing solution that we've worked hard through, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in advertising to be able to get the data to figure this stuff out. And now we're putting that into our insurance agents ecosystem. We're literally putting it into their business. So overall, they're actually getting our lead costs. They're learning how to book appointments on their own on autopilot. And the best part about it is we're actually giving them an internal employee to manage the entire process. 
Yeah, and, and that's really the value add, right? You're solving problems linearly in the business process. You're creating leads, you're creating follow-up, you're creating systems, then you're creating a deliverable that people actually want, right? And that's the piece that a lot of people don't do. There's still people selling just pure leads without some kind of component on the backside. So my last kind of question to you is, if somebody wanted to work with you guys, right? What is the best way for them to reach out, book a time, kind of go through the different options that you guys have, and then make a decision on whether they can work with you or not? So in a perfect world, I'd love uh, to have conversations with everybody. It's just not feasible. Time bandwidth is uh, challenging. So what we have on our website, which is golegacymarketing.com. So G-O legacymarketing.com. They can go to our website. They can book a free demo call. Hopefully it will be myself, but more than likely they'll be able to speak to uh, some of my sales consultants that would be happy to spend some time to walk through how we can embed this marketing solution into their business and better yet, show them how to do it at cost. Because that's the last point that I really just want to reiterate for a half second here, Connor, is the importance of people understanding, hey, if we're a marketing organization, we're getting leads at a better cost than we're selling them for. So if we could put that solution into your business, you would now get leads at our cost, which overall is going to lower your cost per acquisition, offer more control in the process, and really put you in a position if you're somebody who's trying to take your business from just a solopreneur, solo agent, to eventually having five, 10, 15 producers on your team, we are sitting back and having a mojito, and the bell is still ringing. So again, just to reiterate, best way to contact us is golegacymarketing.com. They can go ahead and schedule an appointment right under our free demo call section. Uh, also take a look at our LinkedIn profiles, um, Justin, Connor, Legacy Marketing, you can check me out there. Um, other than that, we're on Facebook, of course, but yeah, those are definitely the best channels because you can book a call directly with us, receive that consultation and see if we could potentially be the right fit. Awesome, my man. Well, for those people who are listening to the episode here again, that's golegacymarketing.com. Check them out, book a call there and kind of figure out if this can be a right fit for you, right? Everybody who has a business is looking to grow. Everybody has thinks that they have a revenue issue, but really has an appointment issue. So jump on there, grab a slot and talk to Justin and his team. Thank you so much for coming on the prospecting show and have a great rest of the day.